0: You're listening to Trucking 101, surviving your first year with hosts Rick and Melissa Grimm. We'll talk about safety, managing your money, and real life out on the road. Our group has over 100 years of combined real-world driving experience. You've got questions, we've got answers.
1: Hello and welcome to Trucking 101, Surviving Your First Year, the show that will not only help you survive but thrive in your first year My name is Rick, and beside me is my gorgeous wife, Melissa.
0: If you have a question, a comment, a topic, or a suggestion, press 1, and we'll get you on the show. Tonight's
1: episode is all about training. We're going in-depth with being a trainer and potentially becoming a trainer, and the responsibilities involved in both. You know, there's, there's a lot more to training than just making money and that's what we're going to be talking about tonight in reality. It's a big responsibility to be a trainer because you want to have a guy that's going to go out there on the road and become a useful part of what's going on out there and not just some other crazy trucker out there flying around. Things you need to know before you decide to become a trainer. Proper communication skills. Can you be clear, concise, and direct And you tell somebody how to do something and have them understand what we're saying there. I have a little bit of trouble with that. If I'm not in training mode, I'm just talking to, let's say, my wife. Half the time, she can understand what I'm saying. So it's important to make sure that you know how to uh, talk to somebody in a way that they can understand. You also have to have tact to be a trainer. You have to be able to correct without hurting. Melissa's got a story about
0: that. Yes, I have some personal experience with a trainer that lacked tack. Um, this was my first trainer before Rick, and uh, I, when I went into trucking, I knew absolutely nothing about trucking. I didn't know any truck drivers. I didn't have any family members that were truck drivers.
2: We got a guy
0: coming on that driving is basically in his blood, right? That was not me. I knew nothing. So I'm on his truck knowing nothing and I'm asking him questions and his response to me is if you think you're ready okay first of all what does that even mean how would I know if I'm ready if I know nothing about trucking so that's number one don't do that um if you think you're ready and then number two he basically made fun of everything that I did everything I did backing up whatever he found it hilarious he laughed at me so many times, I just couldn't take it anymore, and I actually cried. I mean, not so he could see it. You know, I went to the back of the trailer and composed myself, but it just it wasn't cool the way he treated me. So don't don't be like that. Figure out a way to tell people that they're doing things wrong, especially if it's a girl. You know, girls are a little more sensitive. Figure out a way to tell them that they're doing things wrong without hurting their feelings. Now, you can hurt a guy's feelings, too, and he can get uh, pretty... Pretty sulky. You got a story about that. What about that guy that barricaded himself? <laughs> tell that story.
1: Well, first off, I'd like to say that your first trainer sure made things easy for me. Uh-huh. Made me look like a saint.
0: Uh-huh.
1: Uh, yeah, I had a guy that, that got on the truck. He was actually all around weird. But, and we're going to talk about weird people coming on your truck to be trained a little bit more later on. As a matter of fact, one of the things that you have to ask yourself when you're going to become a trainer, when you think about becoming a trainer, is do I have the ability to read people? And that would be mean to decide if they have what it takes or, more importantly, don't have what it takes. I do have a story about that. Don't be afraid to trust your instinct and, and get and get a bad driver off your truck. My very first trainee… Was a guy. Now, that, are you
0: going to tell the story about the, the guy that. Oh, okay. himself? Tell oh, that story. It's kind it's a, of a. Well, it's on it's, topic. And I thought it was a funny
1: story. Well, it's just kind of. He was, he was a guy. He he actually was going from truck company to truck company. And going through their training program. So, all he was doing was collecting that, that weekly paycheck that a trainee gets. Then he would get and done. And it's a low
0: check. It's kind of, it doesn't make him very smart.
1: Yeah. Well, he actually had a trailer in his in his <laughs> uh, daughter's backyard in, in Nevada someplace. That's all he cared about. But the company he was with before was Sierra England, and the trainer you know, didn't realize what he was doing or he didn't tell him or something. And he had got him a, uh, a room, got them a room where they could take a shower, and he, he could go in and, and get some rest because he couldn't sleep on the truck. And so he wanted me to do the same thing. Well, I was thinking about doing that, but then we had a change of plans through our dispatch. And he was mad at me. He thought I should just go ahead and, let, and get him a room and go do what the dispatcher was asking us to do and then come back. And I wouldn't do that.
0: Not he, how training works.
1: Yeah, he barricaded himself up in the top bunk all the time he was he was not driving. And then when he was driving, he was driving like a maniac in my truck, which I was an owner-operator at the time. Speaking of that,
0: that goes into reading people. So.
1: Yeah, yeah well, he didn't really give me a good read to start out with.
0: Right. More of
1: a reading type thing would be uh, my very first trainee. Um, I, I picked him up. I had never, you know, I'd just gone through the train, the trainer thing and he was a great big boy. And I mean, boy, looked like he was about 12 years old, except he was 350 pounds. And, uh, I picked him up standing right in front of a sign that said, no trucks allowed. And he had told me where he was at. And, uh, So that was my beginning with him. He couldn't shift. He couldn't do anything. And I worked with him for a couple of days before I realized he – I don't know how he got through a truck school, but he could not drive a truck. And the way I found out was we were driving down the road, and I told him to exit so we could go in and weigh the truck. And he just kind of had this look on his face, and he was looking over at me like – I don't know what to do. I'm just sitting here, and I kind of want to smile, but I kind of want to cry or something, you know, and I'm going, hit the brake, hit the brake, and he wasn't hitting the brake. He was heading for the exit, and there was cars on it, and I did manage to get him to stop my screaming at him, and uh, we went down into the truck stop that I was going to, and I didn't bother weighing. I, I, I uh, got out, told him to go inside and wait for me. I called dispatch and said, get this guy off my truck. The very second one, my second trainee. Well,
0: wait, go back to the first guy. How long did it take you to figure out that he wasn't the uh, truck driver material? Uh,
1: I, I think I figured it out right away. Since he was my first one, I felt uncomfortable calling dispatch and saying this guy isn't working out. So how long
0: was he on your truck? Before three days. You? Wow. Yeah. Still three days—that's pretty short.
1: Yeah, yeah. My second guy was only on the truck one day.
0: Second, was it a was it a guy or a gal? It was a guy. Okay, okay. Yeah,
1: and uh, I actually sat where I was picking him up at the hotel. I was picking him up and listened to him spouting off to a couple of other recruits, I think it was, in there about everything he knew about trucking and, and the world. And uh, at that point there, I didn't really want him on my truck, but I decided I would talk to him and see if I could – inform him of, of my opinion on things and the fact that I was going to be the one that was going to be running the truck and so on. He agreed to all that. And then the next morning when he got up, I guess he forgot about that. He started giving me some crap, and I kicked him off the truck almost immediately. I called dispatch and told him to get, him up, get off the truck. We had a big fight before that, but uh, it, it all ended kind of quick. But I, I knew I shouldn't have had him on the truck and then i had uh, I had uh, a number of good students after
0: that we got along well and
1: and uh stuff and then I uh, had a female that got on the truck that that I also
0: now this has nothing to do Well, I want to make a political statement here. We are not talking about females in general right. this is just this one particular female that had an issue. go ahead I don't
1: know what kind of an issue she had, she had but uh she just uh she had this look about her and this tone in her voice that made me feel uncomfortable and uh, as it turned out she was I, I refer to her as my crazy trainee she was absolutely a loon she had, I went down Cabbage Hill after several other incidents with her one of which was I was going to actually have uh, have her taken off the truck in Dallas, Texas I, was gonna, I had uh, called and had, told him I wanted security to meet me at the guard shack and I wanted her removed from my truck and then uh, she made a comment to me that uh, made me think that she had was just having a bad day and I didn't want to destroy her because you know, she was having a bad day but then after going through a, a downhill trip in uh, on Cabbage Hill where I was absolutely in fear of my life and there was nothing I could do because she was already going down the hill I got to the bottom of the hill and and had her pull into the truck stop there at the bottom and uh, told her in no uncertain terms that she would never get behind the wheel of the truck that I was involved in in any way, shape, or form. And, and, uh,
0: you felt like you could have avoided that I could have, I could have avoided
1: that one. Yeah, I could have avoided that whole thing if I had just uh, recognized that, that uh, she wasn't ever going to be a truck driver. I knew that. You know, It didn't make any difference whether or not I felt like I could salvage her or something like that. Even if I had salvaged her as a driver, she never would have made it within in, in, in any company, I don't think. I think that's why she was trucking. It was probably her last chance at doing something in her life. Let's see, So I got, got through my crazy story here. Uh,
0: but just to clarify, uh, we're talking about the crazy ones because we're – Want you to know that you need to be able to read people and figure out whether they need, they need to be on your truck. But overall, you had mostly yeah. good students.
1: Yeah, I had, uh, I had a, a ton of good students. Uh, people that I ran ran into out on the road afterwards, and uh, we were friends. People that you know called me up on the phone and uh, you know thanked me a year later when they they left Warner and and got a good job, you know, working at a at a, at a company, you know. And uh you know, all in all it was a, it was a good experience. And of course I met my wife on as a as a uh, trainer and yeah, told that story. was the end of my training career. And uh it was uh I won't say it was a right I, I really you know, things worked out pretty well. I didn't know a lot because I was a fairly uh, new driver myself. But uh we were all able to work through it. Once I got I could say I had a year under my belt, and I felt more comfortable talking to people talking to the trainees, you know,
0: so and of think, course you made more money.
1: Yeah. And I made, I made more money. And, uh, you know, that's part of what we're, we're talking about tonight is it's not just about the money. It's about, uh, uh you know, you don't just look at, at, at training in terms of money. The per the trainees, you know, so a person is trying to learn something from you and you're responsible for their training. And it, it, it's a lot of responsibility be uh, taking somebody under your wing and teaching them how to do something Uh, my trainer was a great guy we were friends afterwards Uh, but to be quite honest he was not a a great trainer to me Uh, he he traded me I, i was just he was an owner operator and he he wanted someone to keep his truck running while he slept and that was it you know he didn't He's, the very last day when I was getting off the truck, he, he finally got around to teach me how to back, and uh, you know by that time it, it was you know too late. Uh, Warner went ahead and put me in a truck anyway, and I was able to teach myself how to back. You know that was a uh, another story way down the road by in itself. You know, but uh, uh, you know he he did not take his responsibility serious, and that is was a, is a big complaint with the FMCSA. And, you know, the large companies like Warner and Schneider and all that in their training processes, but they don't uh, they don't watch the, the drivers, the trainers closely enough. Warner had made some changes right after Melissa got on the truck that, that would have totally changed my ability to even make money in that company. I, I
0: would have made money, but uh,
1: it certainly was going to be more difficult, you know, so.
0: But training is important. It's not just about yeah. teaming. Yeah. I mean, you're trying to teach this person something, not to try to make extra money, so. Okay, so uh, we have some some other people that are going to actually
1: be uh, coming on tonight, and uh, we're going to start out with with, uh, a guy who is training right now. In fact, uh, we talked to him earlier as we were getting prepared for the show, and him and his trainee have been uh, driving for about a week, and they've been all over the country driving together for about a week.
0: We have William Hepler. On the air, hi William, welcome to the show
1: Hi William Hey guys uh,
3: Nice talking to you guys Good talking to you Been all over the the country In one week, we've been across And back in one week already
0: Yep
1: I remember that when I was a trainee uh, That was one of the fun things to tell my family Was all the different states I went to By the time I got out of training I'd been to 47 states you know, because cause like I said, that the the guy was an owner-operator, and and that's what we did. We ran, I mean, we ran nonstop. And you know, he didn't take time to train me very much, but uh, we certainly saw a lot of states. You know.
0: Well, first of all, William, why don't you give everybody your background so they know what kind of experience you
3: have? Well, it's um, funny. Funny you mentioned your your training there, Rick, because mine was quite similar. Uh, I was pretty much yeah. a steering wheel holder and a paycheck for most of my trainers, and, uh, I mean, that's okay, and, you know, I'm, I'm pretty much a figure-it-out-myself kind of person, so, but when I got into this, I wanted to be better than what my trainers were, you know, that's what really made me decide to actually step into it, was to be better than what my trainers are, and and the fact that, you know, some people don't really have the greatest uh, thought toward the company that I'm least on to, I'm actually proud to work for the company I'm, I'm with and um glad they've given me the opportunity um I started back last year around May fifteenth is when I stepped off my trainer's truck um i was um like I said, I went through about six weeks of training when I have yet to have a student go over four weeks. <laughs> I had three trainers during my during my uh mentorship, and um the first one I got a, he just didn't want to run. I, he kept wanting to take breaks and turn down loads constantly, and I'm just like, dude, take these loads. Let's get these. Let's get these hours done. I want. I need to make some room because this nine to fifty behind the wheel is just not cutting it. And um, let's see. Uh, then I had another trainer. This guy, he ran, but I didn't really learn much from him. I did probably a total of three backs the entire six weeks I was out. You know. I wanted, I wanted to train a little better than that and I think I think I have. Actually I think I think I'm I've been pretty successful in my training. Um uh most of my most of my guys are getting around eight thousand miles per month after getting off my truck and that's actually pretty decent But um yeah. anyway after I got on my truck May fifteenth, uh spent three three months as a company driver and um I ran really hard. You know, if I'm going to be away from home, I'm going to make money. It's the only reason why I'm going to be out. There's no other reason. I'm not out to sightsee. I'm not out to spend time sitting or anything like that. I'm, it's where's the next load, where I pick it up, and where am I going? You know, it's constant that. Exactly. And, yeah, take the, the least amount of breaks as you can. But this is all solo driving tips. Um, and, you know, they – they. uh You know, owner-operator recruiter in the company I'm with uh, contacted me and said, how did you get 14,000 miles in a 16-mile-an-hour truck in a month's time? I I said, I just grabbed and went. And she says, well, you could make a lot more money if you come get a truck for me. And I said, you know what? I want the freedom. I want the freedom of an owner-operator. So uh they got me a, a load going to Phoenix and I picked up my company truck and uh, one of the best things I've done honestly I've, I although the you know the lease I'm not too happy about because I should have read the frying print but it sure beats company <laughs> so <laughs> yeah anyway, so after that. right so after 3 months of of um of uh, running company I went owner operator and then Three months later, they, they said, you know, we like the way you run. We really would like for you to teach your habits to students. And at a time, I was actually quite successful running solo. Um, I wasn't home as much, but I was quite successful. And, you know, I got to talking to my wife and said, you know, you know, she's plan- actually planning on coming on in two years, and she'll be my last student too, Rick. But um, Yeah. And, um, you know, I... We talked it over and said, you know, this will get you home more. And now I'm able to take one, two, three weeks off instead of the normal three, four days. I'd, I'd get it home per month,
2: and that gives me more
3: time with the wife and the family. You know, you know, because it's hard. It's hard on us when I'm away so long. It's hard to keep. I guess, I guess you could say it's really hard to keep love alive. Believe it or not, it's a, it's a rough relationship to be married to a truck driver. But um. But uh, I took this so I could spend more time with her, and um, and that's pretty much the story of me becoming, in a nutshell, I can say, the rough draft of how right. I became a mentor.
0: So, uh, what is your philosophy on training? Like, what is your recipe for success to turn out a good trainee?
3: Uh, the recipe for ooh, recipe for success, I would say. There's a lot of there's a lot of ingredients for this recipe. Um, I'd say the first thing you need to do is have a interview with them. And I hate to say this, but you got to get in their head. You got to know what they're thinking if they're sane enough to do this. Um, you got to get in their head and find out is this really what you want as a career? You know, because if they're on there just because. I don't know, their husband wants them to drive or their girlfriend wants them to drive or they're doing it for any other reason but themselves, they don't need to be on that truck. The, it, the, you, you have a responsibility of 80,000 pounds sometimes, you know, 70 foot long riding down the road next to your mom, my mom, you know, sons and daughters. I mean, it, there's got to be more to it than I'm doing it for this person. You have to, be wanting, you have to want this for yourself. And that's the first thing you need to find out when you do your phone interview with your student is if they want it for themselves. They want to improve their lifestyle, want to better themselves, because that's the reason why I got into it. I was in years of retail before this and dead-end jobs, making barely over minimum wage, you know. and I just had to have something better. you know. I wanted to do better for me and my family, and that's why I jumped into this, and I'm really good at what I do, so – Um, I'd say next, the next step um, would be getting them in your truck as soon as you pick them up. You want to get them to do a back or two to see to see how they control the truck. You want to see if they can take control of your vehicle because um, that's that's number two. They have to show a sense of control. They have they are in control, and if they don't have that control have to look for it if they don't have that control you got to say no i'm sorry you can't come on the truck so there's there's a multiple steps before i actually take someone out i check and see and if they pass all those tests then i, I take them out and right. yeah you know, that's that's pretty much in a nutshell what it is again
1: nutshell yeah yep and that that's true because uh i understand what you're saying you're saying you know they don't seem to have their own you know Physical mechanical skills to turn the steering wheel, you know, and know what direction they're going, you know, uh, release the clutch, put on the brake, you know, the simple stuff about it. You know, that's what that's the problem I had with my uh, my very first student, you know. And I, I, you know, I I learned. I I agree with Jiggs completely on that thing. There is you've got you've got to figure out, you know, almost right away, you know, before you leave the parking lot of wherever you're picking them up. If they're, you know, if they're capable of driving that truck, because you don't want to be rolling down the road and find out. That's almost what I thought I was finding out. You know, luckily that kid was able to to uh, bring the truck to a stop. But boy, I thought for a minute he wasn't going to, and there was going to be a, you know, six o'clock news crash, and I was going to be right in the middle of it. So yeah, you got to really pay right. attention to the to the students when you when you go in there to pick them up.
0: Right. So that would be step number one and probably the most important step, making sure that you can trust them with the the truck once you have them on the truck and you're actually in the training process uh, what kind of tips can you give people to help them become good trainers
3: well the first thing is using keywords while you're driving on the first day Um, basically I told them for the first week you know, every time he makes a 90 degree turn or more I want the word real estate said and the reason why I have the word real estate shouted out by him before he makes any turn is because um, basically when you're making a turn, obviously we all know that you have to take up as much space as possible as as you know you're allowed to take to make the turn, so that way your wheels miss the curb, your tandem wheels miss the yep. curb. So I make him yell out the word real estate, and when I do that, I say, why do you think I make you yell out the word real estate? And he says, I have no idea why. And I, I said, because. You see all that land right there? I want you to buy all that property. Take all that property, as much as that property you can, to make that turn. So you're going to buy all that real estate to make that turn. So every time he re- yells out real estate, so that way he knows to buy that pop- property. And that's, that's, that's one of the things I start out with is keywords. Another thing I'll have him do is uh, I get him used to reading road signs. Um. Every low bridge, he yells out. Uh, every time my student sees a low bridge, he yells out the, the height of the bridge. Uh, that way we don't have the issue of not reading our signs and hitting a low bridge, but also gets him in the in the habit of reading more signs than he normally did as, as a four-wheeler. Because, I mean, you guys have to admit, we read a lot more signs now that we're truck drivers, right? <laughs> uh-huh.
1: That's yeah. right. That's right.
3: Um, but those are some of the things that, in the start that I have him do and or have my student do. And um, uh, the other thing I probably do in the beginning is uh, push endurance. Now, a lot of people think, oh, that's bad. When he's tired, you should let him rest. You know, you're putting yourself in a difficult situation. Well, I am right beside of him. I am keeping keeping him awake. But I do. I push him to his limits because he has to get ready for this. You know, this this trainee has to get ready for this. He he has anywhere from 12 to 14-hour shifts ahead of him that he's going to have to be pulling. And if he's getting tired at 7 or 8, then there's issues. You know, that he's not ready for this. And I'm not trying to drop him off if he's not ready. So I push him. I do. And now if they're feeling – there's a difference between tired and sleepy. That's another thing I establish with my students is tired and sleepy. There's – You know, you're you're just feeling tired, which all of us truck drivers are tired the whole time we're out. As soon as we step in the truck, we get tired. I I don't know if you guys are anything like me. Um, But then there's sleepy. Now, if you get sleepy, yes, pull over. Definitely, safety first. Go back there, get a nap in, get an hour rest, get back on the road. You know, we establish the difference between tired and sleepy. That way he knows the difference and not push himself too far. I'm
1: sorry, guys, if I run on too far.
0: <laughs> no, it's fine. You're, this is great. this is good stuff.
1: Yeah, and and we can we can thank the FMCSA for making sure that all truck drivers are nice and tired with the with the hours of service that they oh, can't seem to figure out.
0: We don't just go there. <laughs> another story.
1: Okay, sorry, sorry. That's just the whole thing I'm thinking the whole time you're talking is yeah, yeah, the FMCSA, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Okay.
0: Okay. So, uh, you got any other uh, tips for uh, would-be trainers out there?
3: Uh, when you get into this, make sure you get sleep whenever you see a chance to get sleep, because there's no telling when you're going to get woken up that your student's made a wrong turn, or you know they, they they're at the shipper and can't do it by themselves type deal, and there's all kinds of issues that the the trainee's going to run into. So get as much sleep as you can. Um. Be prepared. Be prepared to work way more than you did when you were solo. Way more. And as you guys said, uh, I, one of the things that we haven't talked about yet is the uh, money aspect of it. Is it's the right. money is there. If 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 you really want to work hard, and you really want to, you know, run hard, the money's there. And um, it's honestly, the reason why I do it to make more money, so I can stay home longer. I could stay home longer as a mentor than when I was solo, and that's the reason why I got into it. I, I, I like seeing my family, <laughs> but yeah. um, that's that's the main yeah, thing. Is
0: uh,
3: a tip for anybody yeah, sort of, becoming a mentor. Sorry,
0: go ahead. <laughs> no, that's fine. I was just I just wanted to point out that uh, you're going to make extra money um, because of training, but you need to treat it like having a second job. Treat it like the responsibility right. that it is. It's not like just you know, free money. You're, you're basically picking up a second job. Yeah. You're working for it.
1: Yeah. Right.
3: Right. I, I agree. I agree to that 100%. But, uh, but my main tip to anybody that's becoming a trainer, become a trainer, get sleep. If you're, if you're up and you can get sleep, get sleep. Cause once you go into that team mode, I'm, everybody, every training program has a team mode to it. Once you go into that team mode, There's there's no telling when you're going to be be waking up. So get sleep whenever you can.
0: Yep. All right. This has been excellent stuff. Uh, If anybody has any questions for you, can we bring you back on to answer their questions?
4: Sure. I'm open to
0: questions. Awesome. So if anybody has a question for you, we will bring you back on.
3: Thank Um, you you very much. Can I have a request real quick? Can I give a shout
2: out? Shout out to
3: everybody the 9 plus miles per gallon group. What's up, guys? Nice. There you go. All
0: right. Thanks for listening, (laughs) guys. Okay. So if anybody has a question for William, if you're in training, you're considering training, you know, whatever, any training questions that you have, press one. Becky will screen your call, and you can ask William a question. Just to kind of finish off
1: on that sleeping part, uh, I actually talked to a trainer after I was a trainer. I was making a lot of money. And I'm one of those people that, you know, I need sleep, but I, I you know, I don't sleep a lot all at one time. And uh, the guy was telling me he used to be a trainer. And I said, well, how come you're not training anymore? He said, I just got tired of being tired. Mm. You know, and, and that happens to guys out there. They, you know, it's it's a hard job training people. You yep. do. You got to keep one eye open all the time. Yep.
0: So uh, you want to introduce Ed?
1: Yeah, the next uh, next person we're going to bring on is uh, is one of our mastermind group, Edward Prince.
0: Hey Ed, you're on
2: the air. Hi Ed, what's going on? How you guys doing? Doing great, doing great. How you doing? Haven't heard from you for oh, a while. Oh, I'm doing. I've been on vacation. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Been been on vacation and uh, and just kind of taking it easy, getting ready for Christmas. You know. There yeah. you go. Looked like you were traveling the yep. world
1: to me. Yeah. Yeah.
2: <laughs> well, you know, but uh, in trucking, Christmas starts at, at the first of November. Yeah. Uh
1: all the delivery yeah, warehouses and Exactly.
2: Exactly. Exactly. So uh so yeah, you know, you know, as as uh, my old job was uh, assigning students to the trainers uh and uh I tell you what, there's there's quite a few stories I could tell. We could hope, we, we could we could spend two, three shows talking about all that. But uh I think one of the biggest things that I think a new trainer ought to make sure that they that they uh that they do and and make just it's kind of a special thing is is making room for your for your student in the truck don't you know a lot of drivers they move into that truck uh and make it their own and next thing you know they're trying to let somebody else in that truck and there's really no room for them there's no room for their stuff you know there's no room for for them to kind of just be able to to call that place their home for the next you know, month or two months, whatever it is, because you know, let's face it, if if you were having to live in a truck and you were having to live out of a shower bag for six weeks, you would you would not be in a good mood most days. So, you know, you, you, you that's and that's what I find is is a lot of the trainers that I had to deal with. They they first off they weren't very clean people to begin with, and and that caused a problem right off the bat. But then but then their truck was all cluttered. And there was no space for the for the student to, to store any of their stuff, you know. And, uh, of course, we do have the students, you know, it's, we, we tell them all the time. And you hear the stories about you just need to be bringing enough clothes and, and your personal items uh, for you to live out of the truck for the next month. Well, some of them bring a month's worth of clothes so they don't ever have to do yeah. laundry. And, of course, we know that's a bad deal. And one guy – that I trained, I mean, they, they told him to be ready to move into the truck. I mean, they told him to bring food and, and tools. He, he brought a tool bag and he brought canned food and all this stuff. And I said, that, I said, there ain't no room for that in the truck. You, I can't, you know, you're just, you're just riding along with me. I got all this stuff in the truck already. He goes, Oh, they told me to bring it. So luckily he was in his own car and he just left it in his car. But, you know, just imagine if he rode up there in the bus, uh, to the terminal with with all that, that would have been crazy. <laughs> yeah,
1: yeah. Yeah, I had I had a uh, I, a woman. I, I trained men and women. And I had a woman who did the same thing. She came up. She I picked her up in Denver, and she was from Denver. And she came up, and she starts hauling all this stuff out of her car. And I'm like, hold it, hold it. What are you doing? She's going, oh, I've got all this stuff. I've got to have. I've got to have. Got to have. I. You've got to pare it down. I got space for you in here, but it's not that big. <laughs>
2: Exactly. Exactly. Okay, and that's able and that's put what it I back did. Car. Yeah. See, so, you know, all all I did was is is pretty, and and it's not nothing big. It's like so the passenger side of the truck, you know, has the little box above the driver's head right there, and it and then I I kind of kept half of the big top area in the Sentry class, half of it empty for or them to put, like, their jackets and stuff or whatever. And then all I really had was the cabinet above the TV, and that was it. I mean, everything else, they could just leave it on one of the beds, whichever one's not being used at the time, or, you know, at the foot of the bed, whatever. Because I told them, I said, I keep my bag. I've got two bags for clothes and whatnot uh, that I take in and out of the truck quite often, so I keep them on the bed, you know, and, and, and they do the same thing. And then most of the they kept, you know, and I had, like, small refrigerator and I had half the fridge was for the student half the fridge was for me and 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 it you know there was times where when I was working as the coordinator the guy would say you know well you need to make sure you get food because we ain't stopping for you know we ain't stopping at McDonald's all the time well the drive the student would buy food but then he's like but what do I buy and he's like well you can't put nothing in the fridge that's all my stuff and you know that kind of right there creates tension and you know and that's and I think one of the biggest things that that trainers need to have is patience and when you start throwing in you know these these little ultimatums and and all that it it, the student is trying very hard because they're trying to keep a job and i just say the trainers need to you know there's a lot you know a lot of ground rules and all that and, and and you can you can set some 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 rules of what you do what you don't do and all that but but you know you just gotta you gotta play it by ear with with living, because it's, you know, like, our, my first training coordinator, I went to Phoenix, I took a bus from Dallas to Phoenix, and went through orientation at Swift in Phoenix, because there was no Dallas Terminal at the time, or they had just opened it up and they weren't doing orientation, and the guy there, his name was Lyndall Bingham, and his first speech was, all of you have spent time in a truck driving school, and taking your test, and you now have a CDL to, haul, to drive a commercial vehicle in the United States. He goes, that, you are certified truck drivers. He said, but now you're going to go with a trainer, and they're going to teach you how to be a trucker. They're going to teach you trucking. And to me, that's a lifestyle of its own that most people just have no fathom of idea of how it goes, and that's pretty much one of the big jobs that trainers have to do is teach people how to be truckers how to how to Absolutely. understand how to take showers understand how to eat on the road understand how to live on the road and you know it's it's a it's a whole new lifestyle and I, and when you figure that out that's that's when that's when the students i think i think that the students are more receptive when they kind of feel comfortable in learning the lifestyle because you know they've already been they've been showing all this stuff over and over again about learning doing things right be safe and all this. But what they have no idea is how to live and i I yeah. tell you it's it, it they they need that but but I tell you the uh, his idea what he said earlier about yelling out uh words for for things I mean that's a great thing because you get them thinking about it every single time you know i that's what I had my students doing was was reading the signs I said, every bridge doesn't matter if it's low or high what's what's the height if it's posted, we want to see it. You know, you want to yell it out. So he was yelling it out. I remember I was, I was well off into, we were in the fifth, fourth or fifth week.
0: I was back there. I
2: I even had the curtain closed. I was, this student was doing great. And I kind of dozed off and woke back up and he was in the truck driving down the road by himself. And I hear, you know, 1410. And then I hear, you know, 152, you know, and he's just doing it by himself, just going down the road. And you know, that yeah. those those kind of habits where he's he's he just he understands and he's learning and that's 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 what you hope to instill in them is just is just a lifestyle of learning and, and being a trucker. Yeah. Good stuff. Good stuff. Yep. But yeah, that's
0: you got anything that's uh... pretty
2: much uh well I mean uh I tell you the biggest rule, I tell, I, I'll tell this to every, I, in, I did the mentor class, I wrote, I wrote it on the board and I made sure that they wrote it down and I said, you need to make sure that you have some sort of system in place that once you get into that team mode where you're running like a team and you're back there sleeping and the student's driving or you're driving and the student's sleeping, if you're in that mode, you need to have some sort of system where you'll always know whether or not that person's in the the bunk or not in the bunk. Because I got left at the truck stop. The student didn't know I was outside the truck, and the student took off down the road because they got out to use the bathroom. I got out to use the bathroom. The rule was my shoes go in the floorboard, in the passenger floorboard. You look down, you see my shoes. That means I'm in the truck. If you don't see my shoes, I'm not in the truck. Well, the student didn't check. And my shoes were not in the floorboard, and he he went he got down the road. So I had to get on the t- the payphone and call dispatch, and I said, can you send a message to the truck? So, and at that time it wasn't a fancy computer that was sitting right there on the dash where the driver could see it, or 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 the the computer will speak the message or anything. It wasn't anything like that. We in fact we were uh, the student was not allowed to read the message while the while the truck was moving, while if he was driving. So the funny thing was is after he gets back to the truck stop he says, you know, he's I'm going down the road and that thing just starts beeping and I mean he goes beep, beep beep, 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 beep and I so I ripped that curtain open and I'm like, Hey Ed, hey there's a message beeping on this Qualcomm. It won't stop beeping. Ed Ed <laughs> So he's like so he's like, then, he goes, then I figured out what that message was about. <laughs> Yep, yeah, that's
1: a good that's, rule. That's you see, a, check for the shoes. you remember
0: what my yep, deal was? Yeah, uh,
1: the system. No. Key. The key. I gave, I gave all my students a key to the truck, mm. and uh, when they left, if they, they left, they didn't lock the door unless they were the second one leaving the truck. So if somebody came back and had to use a key to get in, mm. that meant you had to check and make sure go. that somebody yeah. was in the back. And uh, fortunately never got left, but, I, you know. I've heard a lot of stories about that. Yeah. Where guys get left. Yeah.
2: Students
1: get left too. My yeah.
2: trainer, the trainer takes off a them. My, my trainer had a. My trainer had two systems. He had the shoes, and then he had his hat. And see, so he says, "I'm checking because I'm opening the curtain and I'm looking." But a lot of people don't don't do that, you know, especially the students. Yeah. They don't want to intrude on the trainer. So he had his hat laying on the dash, and he wore one huh. of those, you know. Uh, Indiana Jones hats is what he wore, and he always had it sitting yeah. on the dash, on the passenger side. So it's really hard to miss that, you know, while you're yeah, it, while you're in in the driver's seat. But yeah, I mean, he had the shoes sitting on the on the passenger side too. But but that's a big deal when you get in that mode because uh, it, it it can happen. It happens a lot. But uh, um, you know that and it's it's all about living. And the one thing I will tell trainers is is that if you ever get downtime like. Like, like like the other guy said there about sleeping, that's a really good idea. The other thing is, uh-huh. is when you get to, a, to, to an area where you're going to either, you know, grab a shower and get something to eat or you're at a Walmart and you're going to go get some, some items or, or you just got a little time to kill, either way, split up. Get away from each other. Go your separate ways for a little while. Even if you're the best of friends. You know, I mean... It, it's it's just a good thing to just kind of get away, and and the student may not care about getting away. Student might like to hang out a while, but as a trainer, I enjoy. Of course, I still enjoy. And the reason why I'm probably a pretty good truck driver is because I enjoy solitude to a certain point. So, if if you know you've been alone in the truck, and then you start taking on students every now and then, you kind of just need to get away a little bit, in, especially in between training, because that's how you right. kind of stay you stay patient, you stay persistent by just taking a little break and you know taking a walk, go walk through Walmart a little bit, you don't necessarily have to walk to, you know, you don't you don't necessarily have to buy nothing. just kind of just take a walk and and a lot of that, you know, uh that's and that, to me that that's a, that's a good stress relief tool. Is is what I is what I always called that. It's just getting getting away, just kind of, you know, take taking a breather and not really worried about anything. That's I like going when we traveled up on, um, on interstate 80 and you got there to Sparks, Nevada and you park at that Petro there with that casino, you know, they, everybody mm-hmm. loved it. The, the students loved it because then they never been there and they go walk around. I had one guy, I mean, he loved the slots and he, he good thing he, he didn't, he didn't need to drive trucks to make money. He had money. And, uh, and he, and the, the funny thing is, is he won like $3,000 at the slot machine. Wow. there, and I, was, and I was like, you know, you know, you're not broke. You drive a nice car. You're doing this job just because you're bored, and here you are winning money. I don't understand. You're <laughs> the <laughs> lucky guy. But uh, exactly. So, you know, and that's and, and, and getting away and, and, and kind of taking a breather, you know. The, just like he was saying, is, is the, the money's out there. You really don't have to run that many miles to make good money as a trainer. Uh, you know, it all depends on the system, the company. Uh, that's another good thing about becoming a trainer is you want to, you want to know the company system, you know, what, how is the compensation work? What do I need to do to get that compensation done? And how does that work, uh, to, you know, to, to benefit me or benefit the students? You know, you all, you want to know, you know, what do I need to do? What constitutes as a day of credit? What constitutes as an off day? You know, we, we went through all this when I was uh, upgrading students, they would be one or two days short and see Phoenix. Uh, always set that standard. Like, okay, this 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 student only has so many days. They need two more days. Well, the the trainer says, no, no, no. We, we did these days. These days. So you always have to make sure, and 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 understand the system so that you're not getting caught where you get home on a, on on a Thursday. You're ready to go home, and and you're you're you've been out for you know six weeks whatever, and then you come you come back in the office and find out that your student is two days short of upgrading. And you're fixing to go home and go on a vacation or something, you know. And then that's that's just uh, a bad situation to be in because a lot of systems, like the one when I was doing it, you got credit for for training the train the student and you got credit for upgrading the student. Well, if you didn't finish the student, then you didn't get credit for for the upgrade. So then you didn't get all the bonus that you were offered. Now they d- change different things. A lot of different companies do it a different way, but you know, when you're counting on those bonuses as a form of the of that extra income that you're going to get, well, then you come in two days short. That means you just lost that bonus. So, you know, you got to know the system. And uh, yeah. a lot of guys get in there and start training and just just want to run miles and don't really understand the system. And next thing you know, you're you're on the bad list because you're not, yeah, you're not just you're not, yep. not not doing what they expect you to do. You know, and it's 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 a hard it is a hard job. It's like you're saying you're going to work. You're you're definitely going to work.
0: All right, well that's excellent stuff, uh, Ed. Uh, any parting thoughts before we move on to our next caller?
2: Yeah, uh, I can tell everybody else when it stops being fun, you got to stop doing it. There you go. Yeah.
0: All right, thank you very much, Ed. Thanks, uh, Ed. Great advice as usual. We'll yep. talk to you later.
1: Yep. You too. Yeah. The the uh, those uh, those systems. The uh, you know they they grade you and you have to do a a certain job uh, for the different companies. And uh, I didn't even realize I was being graded, you know, until, uh, I don't know if you remember this, but they called me up after we had decided to stay together on the truck and they told me, Hey, I'm ready to go. Or you're ready to go. You're, you're all all set from the stuff that happened with the trainees before. And I was like, what happened with the trainees before? And it was like, well, you had a trainee that got into an accident after they went out and, and uh you had a trainee that uh that bent a step, you know, and, and you know, they grade you by that stuff there and decide whether or not they're gonna give you another student or not. Yeah. So yeah, you, know, you gotta you gotta make sure you stay on your toes with that stuff. Yeah,
0: you gotta do a good job, otherwise you won't be a trainer uh and not by your choice. But uh we actually have a caller on the line, Carl in Colorado. He's got a tip for us. Hey Carl, you're on the air.
4: Hi, Carl. Hello. Hey, I'm just a rookie in this racket. I, I've only got something in the ballpark of 4 million miles behind me. So I do oh, not know a but I think I know a little bit. Yeah, <laughs> uh, for a while. And the best way I found to let the student know that I'd got out of the truck behind them, or for them to let me know that, that they got out of the truck behind me, was the second one out of the truck would tie a bungee cord the steering wheel and the gear shift, it's real hard to miss.
1: Yeah, yeah that's a good one.
4: That's and a good one. That, yeah, it, it never failed me. <laughs> but uh, another thing for trainers and potential trainers to think about is typically, from what I've been told by students training and then get finally getting out into their own truck is they've been away from home for a long time and i always when i was training tried to get my students at least a 12-hour day preferably 24-hour day at home every two weeks and that helped so much with their attitude on the truck and also, I think it helped a lot with their retention of what I was trying to teach them. Yeah. Because they got to get yeah. home and see that things were okay there dress off of them.
5: Yep.
0: Yeah. Yep. Well, yeah. that, that's an excellent tip. It's thank you very part. much.
4: Yeah, no problem. Right. Just a couple of things. All right. Thanks to for think.
0: listening.
4: Yep. Have All a right. great yeah, day. Thank you.
0: You yeah, Okay, we got uh, Russ. is going to come on and give us some training tips. You want to say anything before we bring Russ on? Uh,
1: who's Russ? Is that that, is that, that one guy? Oh, yeah, that's oh, that no. crazy
0: guy that keeps yeah, talking about guy. showering and yeah, all that
1: stuff. Yeah, let just go I, I like talking to Russ.
0: Okay. <clears throat> hey Russ, you're on the air.
5: Hey guys, I just had to go roll up some windows. A loud, real loud truck next to me. Uh, yeah. Anyway, I'll sit. Sitting down here listening to everybody, man. Everybody talking about it re- really reminded me of uh, uh, the days that I was training. Um, you know, when they were talking about student interviews, I would actually instead of doing a phone interview, I would sit down with the students and we would spend about an hour talking. Before we even went to the truck, I would go over my expectations. You know, let them uh, taste my background, my history or um talk to them about their expectations. Um uh, you know, told them kind of what we were gonna do over the uh uh couple of weeks or so that they were out with me. Um then uh you know we'd go out and get everything loaded up in the truck and I always gave them the option of course y'all know I cook in the truck almost every night. Um I always gave them the option of eating with me and Almost, I had all but one student take me up on it because, um, well, usually I had two students in the truck at a time. So I had um, – anyway, so this one guy decided he's not going to take me up on it, and I said, well, that's fine. Well, I decided to make Caribbean jerk chicken that night in the truck, so now they're having to smell it for about four hours while we're going down the road. You know, they decided to eat with me that night. And then uh, <laughs> when we went to the grocery store, they decided they were going to split the money with me. So, you know, that was always a good thing. We would all go in together. We would all kind of split the uh, grocery bill up, and pile all the groceries in there. And hey, you know, if you want to go raid a drink out of the fridge or whatever, go for it. You know, and, and that always worked out real well, and you know, <clears throat> made them real comfortable in my truck. You know, of course, with two students in my truck, I was always I was hitting the motel almost every night. Uh, Because we weren't all three going to sleep in the truck. so And uh, my notes just went off on my phone here. So I'm going to get back to my notes real quick. (laughs) Yeah, I hate it when that happens. Um, Yeah. But anyway, before we would – when we would first leave out, I would drive, and I would drive for about an hour or so. And I don't know if you all have ever heard a commentary drive. Um, But I would leave out, and I would talk for – probably 30 minutes 15 anywhere between 15 and 30 minutes depending on how sharp these people were and everything i saw i talked about it when i was making a turn i explained exactly what i was doing you know as i'm making the turn okay there's a a fire plug on the corner there's a pole on the corner there's a person standing on the corner you know i'm having to do a button hook on this corner uh you know as we're rolling down the road all right i see a driveway is there a car in the driveway i'm you know i guess you all kind of get the idea but i mean on and on and on and i mean for a good at least 15 minutes and sometimes up to 30 minutes they i I sounded like a uh, broken record i guess you know (laughs) constantly repeating stuff but they kind of you know they understood what i wanted them to look for what i wanted them to see After that, I would turn them, uh, you know, I'd put them in the truck, uh, you know, get them up on the highway, uh, you know, and see how well they could drive and, and, you know, and just kind of coach them through it. Um, Now, we did not do the team thing. Everybody's been talking about going to bed uh, behind their students. That didn't happen where I was at all. That was, matter of fact, forbidden. Uh, My worst offense was getting out of the seat, coming to the back grabbing a couple of drinks, maybe making a sandwich or something like that. But usually I had another student in the back uh that would do that for us. So um I I never wa uh never trust I, I trusted one person enough to team with and that would be the call screener. And um <laughs> that's the only person I trusted enough to sleep behind. Um and not that I didn't have some good drivers because I had some of them that were great. I had some of them I might have actually considered teaming with, but she was the only one I ever really trusted the team uh, yeah. team with. You know, you already talked about uh, um, showers. You know, I um, I think we talked about the last show. You know, we'd uh, you know we'd get them their own uh, uh, rewards card. Um, of course, I'd go in and, you know, we'd, we'd just run mine because I already had showers uh, up on it. You know, we'd catch a team shower or whatever. Uh taught him how to do laundry. I got a funny story about that. We were cooking in the truck, and had a guy. He was Cajun, and he said, "He said, well, can I cook a meal in the truck? I said, by all means, man. That means I don't have to cook, and anyway, he made this uh, – I don't remember. It was a shrimp dish. It was absolutely awesome, uh, but it, <clears throat> we were smelling it for a week in the truck. And it was driving everybody insane. So we ended up pulling over, pulling everything, and I mean everything, out of the truck, washing the truck down, and hitting the laundry because that was the only way we were going to get that smell out of the truck. Like I said, the food was awesome, but um, anyway, um, and and then but and then to get off of my truck, you had to pick up and deliver a load. Uh, without my help, and that doesn't mean that when you're backing in a hole, I wasn't standing on the ground because I was. Anytime we backed up the truck, I was on the ground making sure that you didn't run over something. And actually, I did have a student hit another truck because she wouldn't—you know, she wasn't listening. I had a couple of students who didn't listen real well. Um, but if you could pick up and deliver a load. Pretty much unassisted, you know, other than me being on the ground while you're backing and, and stuff like that. But I'm not going to tell you where to turn. You know, I'm not going to give you all that information. Um, but if you could do it, I'd cut you loose off the truck. And the time uh, on our truck, it, it didn't matter. I mean, I had I had one guy out. I, <clears throat> no joke, I took him out. <laughs> um, we got to the first place where um, we were going to pick up our load. And I said, well, why don't you back it in the hole? He backed this thing in the hole in a heartbeat. And I looked up at him. I said, why are you on my truck? And <laughs> But I, this guy had been a um, city driver forever. But of course, I mean, he didn't know all the, all the road stuff. Uh, I kept him on the truck for about a week, I mean, long enough to go out and get back. Because I, I told them about the second day and I said, This guy's ready. Y'all need to turn him loose. And they're like, No, no, no. He's got to stay out. I'm like, No, you don't understand. He can, he can, well, let me clean this up. He can back better than I can. Yeah, I said, I watched him blindside in a nightmare of a hole and never pull up. And, a, you know, in a road truck. Yeah. So, yeah, this guy needs you know. But anyway, um, uh, where was I going with that? Uh, uh, yeah. So, you know, picking up and delivering the loads and, uh, you know, I would cut them loose and, uh, I had some other tips in my head and of course I got sidetracked, but <laughs> that happened. It's been one of those days.
0: <laughs> yeah. Okay. End of the uh, day. Then you had
1: a, then you had a bad back in there,
0: right? No, that was a long oh, story. Oh, yeah. About- no, yeah, yeah, so- yeah, of course. Yeah, our wires go across. Okay, so uh, it's, we're actually getting down close to the end of the show, so if you don't have anything else, we'll go ahead and let you uh, go to bed, I guess.
5: <laughs> yeah, yeah, I'll go to bed. Yeah, like I said, I could probably talk about throwing some students off the trucks, too. As a matter of fact, real quick, I did have one student, like I said, you know, we were in the hotel. I had a male and female on the truck. Uh, everybody had to meet back at the truck at 5 a.m. He showed up intoxicated. Ooh. Oh. No joke. Yeah. Yeah, he showed up he, sh- he showed up intoxicated and I don't even have to tell you what happened there. He got kicked off the truck. Yeah. But um Yeah. Anyway, uh yeah. I'll let y'all have it back. I know you got about a minute left. <laughs> yeah. Okay.
0: okay. Thanks for the thanks tip, for us. Jeff, Talk appreciate.
5: to you later.
0: Yep. Okay. Uh go ahead and finish up with your thoughts on training before we close the show.
1: Okay, Well, they you know, all the stuff they touched on uh you know, is really just kind of the tip of the iceberg. I mean, you could go through, and you just have to be, you have to take care of your student. When they come on a truck, you got to, you got to teach them everything. You got to teach them, you know, where they're supposed to sleep and stuff like that. You got to treat them like they're part of your, your life for whatever that period of time is, and you want to treat them with dignity and respect, and you want to teach them the stuff that they, that they came there to learn from you. And if they get off the truck and haven't learned what they need, and fail, that is on you. That's all there is to it. Trainees are only on your truck for a short period of time, and you need to pass a lot of information along to them. You have one job. Prepare them to go out on their own and succeed. Your mission should you choose to accept it. I have to
0: do this part. Uh, I love movie quotes and this whole thing about deciding whether or not to train and the fact that it's an important job, Popped in my head. Mission Impossible. Your mission, should you choose to accept it, is to turn out a decent trainee. There you go. Okay, so we're going to close the show with our normal close. We would like to thank everyone for listening. We record every Saturday at 8 p.m. To catch a live recording, call 319-527-6094. Remember to check out our Facebook page. You can
1: like our page and ask us questions there. You can also leave comments or topic suggestions. You can also reach us through Let's Truck at 855-800-FUEL
0: or email support at We would like to tell you about the other podcast on the Audio Road Network. Sunday, 9 p.m. Eastern, is Rolling Toe with Mike and Kevin Beckett. Tuesday, 7 p.m. Eastern, is Kenny Long with Trucking with Authority. Wednesday, also at 7 p.m., Rico Muhammad records Rates and Lanes. Also at 1 p.m. on Wednesday is Destination Health with Kim Cockerham and Kevin Rutherford. All times are Eastern.
1: To be reminded about the podcast, text the word LISTEN. To 99000 for the U.S. to 76000 for Canada.
0: We would like to close the show with a quote from one of our favorite best-selling authors, Larry Wingers. Love what you do enough to become excellent at it. Otherwise, you don't.
1: Good night, everyone. We hope you'll join us next week, Saturday at 8 p.m.